The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, it's official. Uh, the broadcast has turned into the Wells Cast. Uh, that's what happens when, you know, the host of the show moves to, to London and makes it hard for us to do the show. Also, the hills are over um, for now, but who knows when it does come back. I think we'll uh, recontinue the broadcast. But we've been I've been looking at a lot of the the reviews on on iTunes and everyone's been asking for the show to continue on and for me to host it. And of course, egomaniac that I am, I would love to continue to do this. So it was a couple weeks back that I came up with this idea of origin story podcast. The thing about it is that for a lot of celebrities, we know all about them from when they became the celebrity that they are. But it's interesting to me how you get to that point. And a lot of people, I'm sure, are wondering, how do I do that one thing that made them so famous and rich and all that cool stuff? And maybe this can be a blueprint for you or just an interesting conversation with someone that you didn't even have any idea about um, beforehand. And when we had Dean and we had Jared and when we had uh, Derek on the podcast, and I was just like, I just want to hear about how the hell you got on The Bachelorette. Like, before all of that happened, what happened? And then hearing Dean's story, which was bonkers, by the way, and, like, I saw so many tweets and so many Instagram DMs come in of being like, you need to find out more about Dean's life. Uh, And then even someone that I'm as close with uh, as Derek, I learned so much about, like, him growing up. And same with, you know, Jared. Everyone knows him as the guy who was on Paradise and a guy who's now married uh, to Ashley Iconetti. But, like, his origin story is interesting, too. And everyone has this, like, different uh, upbringing to get to where they are. And I thought that that would be a really cool idea for a show. So buckle up, boys and girls, because we're about to uh, find out a little bit more about some of your favorite celebrities. And here's the deal. If you have any ideas about who you want to have uh, us interview and find out more about them, uh, please Email us at wellscast at iHeartRadio.com. And I think we also still have Prattcast at iHeartRadio.com. So you can use that one too. It's all going to the same inbox, and we'll be reading those. And um, 
we don't know who you guys want us to interview. So right now we're just going to start out with some really cool people who have interesting stories, and then we'll go from there. Like a little bit later in the episode, we're going to have uh, Gabby Bear on the show. She's a girl that was on American Idol. I think she got uh, third place. And I have this like really weird obsession with American Idol. It's in this non-scripted reality TV realm that like I kind of live in. Uh, but it's a little bit different in the fact that obviously it's much more of a competition. Um, and I have a really good friend who went really far on that show, and Paul McDonald, and I've heard his take on American Idol and kind of what it did to his career going forward. And I'd love to hear about what she's going to say after getting third place on season 16 of Idol. So quick break on the Wells cast. When we come back, the very talented, the very beautiful Gabby Barrett will be on the show. Stick around. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great. You see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, and we are back to the Wells cast. Um, my name's Wells. That's weird. I don't know why I said it that way, but uh, yeah, it's happening. Anyways, uh, episode one of the show is here, and I'm so very excited to have on the Wells cast Gabby Barrett. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, good. I did this whole intro uh, about what this show is because it originally was something else, and then now we're like switching formats on it. So I kind of want to give you the rundown real quick so you understand, and okay. then we can go forward. Um, it's always interesting to me, uh, to find out how people got to where they are now. Like everyone knows that Brie Larson is, you know, is in Marvel, you know, and she's a famous actress, but like, how the hell did she get there? That's what's interesting to me because I think there's a lot of people out there. It's like, well, I want to do that. What was the path that she took to get to that place? Um, and so this is kind of just an origin story podcast where I want to find out how the hell you got to where you are right now. So obviously we can delve into American Idol and stuff, but I want to start at the beginning. Um, where did you come from? So I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. PA represent. No, okay. So but, you don't sound like you're from Pittsburgh, I Pennsylvania, know. <laughs> though. I know. I have some family that's from West Virginia, and my husband's from Texas, and okay. so I've been around country folk for a while. Yeah. And I think I've picked up on it a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I originally started singing when I was about nine years old in a gospel choir. Um, that was about 15 minutes from my house, and... Uh, me and my, it was my dad who would always take me back and forth to the gospel choir and a group of women just really, really worked with me every Saturday after school. I would always go there and they really showed me what I was capable of doing with my voice. Mm-hmm. So originally R&B was what I loved and I loved women that could sing really good live like Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Patti LaBelle, Etta James, all these women that could really sing live and pave the way for a lot of female singers. And, but I always, I also loved country a lot. And I think you get a lot of influence from what your parents kind of play around you, like yeah. in the car. Like my dad was the rock and the R&B and then my mom was the country. And so I loved both of them. Um, so I started singing at that church, stayed there for about two years. And then I started touring and doing shows when I was 11. I did my first show when I was 11. Wow. Yeah. I remember it. It was with my cousin Jason and he actually doesn't have an arm, but he can like rip a guitar like insane. And so he, uh, he played my first show with me. And he actually, I just took him on a show. I just opened for Toby Keith recently and took him on that show. So Awesome. Thank you. Uh, so I started touring at 11. And then for those six years, I just really, really grinded away. So before American Idol, I had been doing it for a while. A good six years of trial and error um, before Idol rolled around. And then I was 17 and a producer scouted me from American Idol and asked me to do the show. And I didn't know what was going to come from it, but I just, I, I didn't know. I was like, let's see what comes from this. And so... I ended up third place in 2018. Now a year and a half I'm talking to you. I love this. Every every time we do this, I feel like everyone just br- like runs through right. their entire history. And it's like, <laughs> oh, wait, we've got to go back a little bit. I know. Um, okay, so you did like a lot of gospel stuff yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Did you come from like a very religious family? Um, My whole entire family is actually Catholic, but yeah. they weren't ever super duper religious. Um, I did grow up with, you know, my dad talking about God and stuff. And my family's Catholic, but I... Um, just conformed to I'm a Christian now so um he they you know we would go to church sometimes and things like that but how we actually got to this church that was 15 minutes from my house was me and my dad went to 
a high school football field to go work out, quote unquote, like walk the track in the steps, like to get your steps in. And um, (laughs) I was a little girl and there were women that were like working out at this at this uh, on the steps and stuff. And so long story short, we end up running into them and everybody starts talking. He goes, oh, my daughter can sing. And they're like. Oh, well, what? we're at a church. We go to a church. Why don't you bring her down and have her sing for the pastor? He was like, oh, okay. So we went down to the church, and I met the pastor, and he's really good at playing piano. And he says, okay, so a little birdie told me you can sing. And I was like, hmm, maybe, because I, I was just starting. And so... How old were you at this moment? I was nine. Okay. I was nine. And so he's like, what do you want to sing for me? And I was like, um, I'll sing Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Wow. Because I love Michael Jackson. And yeah. so he's like, okay. So he starts playing it, and I start singing, and he turns around like halfway through and was like, oh, you can sing, yeah. sing. <laughs> and so, and then I just stayed there for two years, and his wife and, and a whole group of women just would work with me constantly. And he would always challenge me with big songs, his eyes on the sparrow, and he'd be like, you think you can do it? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. I always loved challenging myself when I was younger, too. So it's it's been a good ride. Okay, so at nine, you run into some people while you're getting your steps in on your yep. Fitbit. Um, like, yep. did, did you, did you um, were you, like, singing a lot? But, like, your dad knew you could sing, but is yeah. it like he would play, uh, you know, Aretha in the car and you'd yeah. sing along? Or were you, like, doing voice lessons and stuff before that? I never did voice lessons, only the church. And so yeah. everything besides that was just a gift from the Lord. But, I mean, yes, he would always play music growing up. So, like I said earlier, he, he liked the rock and the R&B. He really liked music. Like, yeah. really, really liked music. The rhythm and music, the melodies and stuff. And so growing up, I just naturally found a gravitation to it that I really liked. I always loved music, especially old music, too. And so... That's what really got me into like the R and B, um, liking female voices, and then it just turned into um, me. I was singing Adele randomly someday when uh, Rolling in the Deep had just come out. Yeah, I was singing that in the house. That's the first video of me singing was a Christmas tree. It was Christmas time. He said, "Gabby, come in the front door," and I stood there and he said, "Sing the song that you were singing in the car," and I started singing it, and he just was like, "Yeah, there's something here." Yeah. And then shortly after, we met those women up at that uh, football field and then started at the church. So you hang out at the church, sing gospel yeah. for two years, yeah. and then you decide to uh, live a life of sin and go on the road, I guess, yeah. and become a rock star. A life of sin? <laughs> no. No, a wholly correct way. Try to, yeah, go, okay, about okay. It. Try to go about it the correct way. Um, yeah, I did my first show when I was 11 at this like restaurant place, and there was like 10 people in there. Was that something you crazy. wanted? Did you want to yes. like start going on the road? Yeah, because I when when I had went to the church, we had went to a few other churches to sing in front of people. And I remember always when he would challenge me with songs and stuff, I would stand up in the church and have to sing in front of people. Yeah. So for from doing it so long, I'm like, okay, these are the same type of people. I want to sing in front of more people. Yeah. And it was just a natural thing of let's do a show. Let me let me start to sing in front of other people and see what kind of goes on if I have something here. And I did, and uh, it's it's just it's crazy to look back on that and look now, and it's it's been cool. So, how long did you tour once you turned eleven? For seven years, okay. up till um, American Idol. What happens with school in that time period? Right, so I went to private school all the way up till tenth grade, um, and then when tenth grade rolled around. I mean, because in private school, you can only miss up, well, where I'm from, you can only miss up to 29 days. Yeah. I'd miss 29 days every single year. 
So just from like performing and my teachers despised me because I'd all I'd be the one behind all the projects, all the homework, all the everything. Yeah. And so they'd have to help me a lot. But um in tenth grade I or I'm sorry, in the beginning of eleventh grade I went on online school on PA Cyber. Yeah. So eleventh and twelfth grade I was online because I just couldn't you were the worst lab partner ever. I really was because I did none of the work and didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Were your parents cool with this? Like, obviously, yeah. your father knew that you had something, yeah. some big gift, but I can't, I can't imagine your parents being like, all right, let's just roll a dice on this. Right. I was I was really fortunate and very blessed to have a dad that was that was on the st- like same page, knew and and understood and, and was there with me from a very young age. Um we had sat down and had a conversation, just talked about like this is plan A, B, and C. You're not gonna go to college. Wow. Like you're gonna make something of this, this is what we're gonna do. And just invested everything into it. And it, you know, it makes me Really happy now to finally start to see things picking up after such a long time and after such a grueling process because I understand how hard it is to yeah. make it and do it in this business. And so um, it's it's it makes me proud to make them proud. So I'm just going to keep going because I feel like they deserve everything. That's bonkers because when I was like telling my parents, I was like, I'm going to be a radio DJ. <laughs> They're like, that's the worst decision you can ever make. Right. They're There's like, no, no money not. in that. No, All right, not. what do you think? Who do you think you are, right. Ryan Seacrest? Right. Uh, and the fact that like your your dad was like, no, this is how it goes. Yeah. Who who had who had more confidence, you or your dad, in your potential in your career? Um, I, I would definitely feel it back to my dad because being a child, like I was like ten or eleven when we had this conversation, talked about it. He was the one that saw it first. Yeah. So he was the one that was gassed up about it and like, let's go. She has something. We're gonna push. We're gonna do this. And so he was always that person that kinda that would pick me back up yeah. if I got low or something like that and be like and we just did that to each other. That's why we were really, really close. Um and I'm one of eight too, so there's quite a few kids in my group. All but right. I was definitely the closest with my dad out of everybody. Just we spent so much time and learned so many things together and working together on things. So He's been a champion for me. One of eight. One of eight. I'm one of five, and I think my family's annoying, so I can't imagine what you're dealing with. <laughs> well, we all didn't live in the same roof, so okay. that's that's a little, yeah, probably would have been a little hectic, but um, yeah. Where do you fall in birth order? I'm second to last, so there's one underneath of me. And you hate them because they then, took all the glory of being the baby away yeah, from you. The baby, yes, the baby <laughs> gets the privileges. No, but she actually she actually got the side privileges, and she I, I got all of them because... They, I mean, my siblings are champs. They really are because so many people would ask them, be like, do you feel like you're in the shadow or anything? Like because of how much was going into my career and yeah. music and stuff. And they were always they were always on the road with me doing stuff with me. And so they've been champs over the years. And I'm so thankful for that. You mentioned it was it your cousin who yeah. plays guitar for yeah, you. Yeah. I just want to like understand like, logistically how does that yeah. work with missing an arm? Because right. you need two hands to play sure. guitar generally. So he has like... It stops, I'd say, from your wrist up about six inches. That's where his arm kind of stops. So he has like five inches from his elbow down. And it just it kind of turns into like he has like a little nub yeah. on the end of his arm. And he straps a plastic piece around it and Stop puts it. his pick yeah. in it. And it's like ridiculous how good he is at guitar. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And so, yeah, he just played... Um, a few more shows with me. Um, I have a few guitar players that I play with, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, he came on their own and played some more. And I got to think that, I mean, 
seeing him on stage with you has got to be inspiring for you because, sure. you know, that that can't be an easy thing to right. overcome or whatnot, you know? Right. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing to me that he stuck with that and does it in front of people. And, you know, he, he's actually a music teacher too. So he teaches other kids lessons about stuff. And really, yes. About what is this dude's name? And all. His name's Jason, Jason Novak. Okay. That's him. And so, yeah, he's my cousin and he's a wonderful guy. So I, I'm very blessed to have him part of everything. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Real quick, we just talk about how important shoes are. I know, weird intro, but whatever. It's true. Shoes are important, man. They protect your feet. They look cool. And everyone needs them at this point. And I just got a pair of these Rothy's shoes uh, from a lady. And I'm excited to see how uh, she feels about them. I'm just lo- opening the box right now. And they're super cute. 
They're comfortable. They're washable. They're stylish, uh, sustainable, really all in one pair of shoes. They're the perfect flats for life on the go. Rothy's come in an array of colors, prints, and patterns, patterns, and they're available in a range of styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. And they launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. The Rothy's has quickly grown to a most-loved, gotta-have-them brand. It's no surprise they have over a 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. Speaking of, you can go review our show right now and give us five stars. No no problem about that. Uh, it will blow your mind that they're made from repurposed plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. They're making the oceans not so gross and making beautiful Shoes. Rothy's own and operate their manufacturing workshop where they prioritize sustainability every step of the way. Plus, Rothy's ships directly in their shoebox, so no unnecessary packaging. These are feel-good flats in more ways than one. Loving this shoe that I got from my lady. Uh, it's like a sneaker. It's a slip-on. It's plaid. Super cute. Uh, blue and black. I'm digging on it. They've got so many styles, man. Seriously, every week, new styles. you got to love Rothy's. So check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash wellscast. Go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash W-E-L-L-S-C-A-S-T to get your new favorite flats. Comfortable, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash wellscast today. Let's skip. So you go you you go on tour for a couple of years, and then you get discovered by a casting director from Idol, right? So Idol has uh, producers that scout the internet for talent, and um, I'm not sure if any other show does it, but I know that American Idol does it. And so if you like hashtag American Idol, or they just look for talent on the internet, YouTube, sure. Instagram, whatever it is. And so they found my Instagram and YouTube and emailed me and asked if I wanted to try out for the show. And I was like, this is totally spam. This can't be real. Yeah. But it was real. <laughs> Wait, but, it was real. Um, were you like one of those YouTube kids that had tons of followers? No. No. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I didn't have tons of followers. I had built a following before American Idol, like going from performing for six years before that. Anywhere I go, anywhere I would go, I would just promote my social media and tell people. So I had built, I had like 110K on Facebook, 50K on Instagram, like nothing, it was nothing crazy. YouTube, I don't even know what I had on YouTube. I wasn't like big on posting YouTube videos all the time and stuff, but I would post covers pretty often. Yeah. And so, um, no, which was... Which I have no idea how they found. Me. But you're, but you're. How, <laughs> I have no idea. You're how old at this time though? Right now? No, no, no. When when you had the YouTube channel right before oh, you yeah, got yeah. hit up by American Idol, I was seventeen. Okay. Yeah, I was seventeen when they found me out. So you didn't have to do like what everyone else does in American Idol, like sit in line in Miami and and right. and like wait to get in there. Fortunately, no, I did not. I got to skip that because you can either go to the bus and audition, and you got to wait the line and do yeah. all the stuff, or or you get. Scouted. I didn't plan on going on a show either. I that was never a plan, and it was just kind of like a a toss in there. I think from the Lord was like, "Do this," and I was like, ah, "What did I don't your know. dad think?" Oh yeah, he was he was on board. I was I was like, I don't know because I was just scared from seeing because I've seen past shows how they're scripted and can kind of you know 
mold you into somebody that you're not. And I was like, dad, I've worked so, we've worked so hard into creating something here and are starting to get something and I don't want to go on something in it and it ends up bad. And he was like, just go, just see what it comes from it. You don't know what the Lord is going to do and what's going to happen. And I was like, okay. And so we went on it and I could say American Idol is fantastic. Yeah. Um, they really care about the contestants. So I'm so thankful to the staff and the judges and everybody on that show because they've been amazing to the contestants. So I encourage anybody that wants to try out for a show to go to American Idol. What about the limitations of the contract? The limitations of the contract. I mean, like that's something that I've always heard is that, like, when you get when you do American Idol, you're all you're kind of like stuck in this crazy contract. Um, I don't know any of the specifics of anybody else, yeah. but I got third place, and I know that I'm I'm doing all right right yeah. now. So yeah, everything's been going good. I have an amazing management, amazing label, Warner Music Nashville, and so everybody's been really good to me. So looking back in that time, you go and audition for Idol. You get to kind of skip the line. But like, yeah. tell me that, that day. The day of auditioning from the judges. Yes. Okay, so I was the first one. It was in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and I currently live in Nashville now. But um, yeah, it was in Nashville at the, um, uh, was it Music Hall of Fame? Okay. I was there and was down in the lobby. It was 6.45. I remember it was very vividly. In the morning. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, I used to do a morning show. Yes. And, and no one would ever want to come on my show to yeah. sing because your voice isn't like ready for it. It's rough yeah. in the morning. It's a little difficult for sure. Um, I literally had to sing this morning at 7.45, so I was right there again. No, it's okay. <laughs> we made it work. But um, yeah, 6.45, down, down in the little office thing. And then you just saw more and more people come in. And they were like, tell, you know parents and stuff and everybody can make signs if they want to and whatnot so my mom had this huge sign says american idol gabby barrett's next idol it's sparkly blue lettering and so we eventually made our way upstairs onto the the roof of some places where the auditions took place it was cold it was really really cold and that and the waiting section was outside and so i had waited all day to because you know everybody's going in and auditioning coming back out going and audition and so I had waited. Is Seacrest there? Like getting in your head? He was not there for okay. mine, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, not yet. He didn't come into the picture. But so uh, fast forward, I'm in line. My mouth is the driest it's ever been in my life. And I'm just drinking more water. I'm like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? Yeah. It just gets more drier the more you drink water. So <laughs> standing there, extremely nervous. And I've been very blessed not to get nervous before American Idol for shows. Yeah. I was very fortunate not to get. I never got nervous. I was just excited. American Idol changed that entire thing. I got extremely nervous when I was on Idol. Why do you think that was? You're standing in front of like three glow sticks at a table that look like perfection. I mean, Katy Perry literally had a diamond on her tooth. What? How do you not? I'm, and I'm like <laughs> shriveling up there like, oh my gosh. And Luke Bryan and Lionel Richie. I mean. They're just people that you don't even think are really human beings until you actually see them. Because you hear them on the radio, you see them on TV, but you don't think they're real. And then when you see them, it's like, oh. And, and you're like, I don't want to blow my chance here by yeah. by getting too nervous. And that makes you more nervous. And then, yeah. But I actually got through with His Eyes on the Sparrow, that song I was telling you about, that mm-hmm. church song that I did in church. That's yeah. how I got through to Hollywood. Did did they think you sounded nervous, though? Or were you able to, like, kind of overcome that? You know what? I think they... No, I abs- me looking back, I'm like a super perfectionist. Yeah. I think you're your worst critic. So looking back, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so nervous. And I get so mad at myself when I do the slightest things wrong. But um, I think they know. 
I think they just know and kind of let it slide. They know everybody mostly coming in here is going to be nervous because everybody wants it really bad. Yeah. And so um, they let it slide. They didn't say anything about that. Of the three judges, Mm -hmm. who made you the most nervous? Um, probably, probably Katie Perry. (laughs) She just looks like what, there's like nothing. I don't know. I don't know. And she's, she was like the only female up there and you want to do good for your females and stuff. And it's just, I don't know, probably her, but in a good way, not in a bad way. All right. So you start doing this crazy competition, unscripted reality TV show called American Idol. Um, you obviously do very well. What was that experience like? And go through it like logistically, because I'm interested in this. Because I did a reality TV show too, but it was nothing like this. Like, how long right. did it take? What do they? Where do they put you? Well, so you mean from like the beginning? Yeah. So are you, in, like, are you stuck in a hotel? Can you so talk to anybody? For a while. So it started out with Hollywood Week. You start with Hollywood Week, and it depends. They have a bigger number. Uh, or or a different number every single year. So like my year, I believe we had 200 something for Hollywood Week. Hollywood Week is this gruesome week that basically separates the week from the strong really quickly. Yeah. And um, yeah, they just see, you know, who's able to really do this thing. They really test you with, you barely get any sleep that week. You have to figure out choreography within a few hours to perform in front of the judges. You have to memorize lyrics to a song you may not even know. Form a group with people you don't know. Like, there's a bunch of craziness that goes on in Hollywood Week. But during that time, we did stay in a hotel. We actually stayed in the Roosevelt Hotel. Uh-huh. Um, and so we stayed there. And then after that, you just keep moving through each round and the number of contestants just keeps shaving down. And um, we, let's see, it went Hollywood week and then top 40, which was like final judgment. Forgive me if I'm wrong to anybody listening to this that knows the order better than me. (laughs) Top 40, I think, after Hollywood week was over. Top 40 and then it went to top 24 and then it went to 14 and 14 is when the live shows start when you start voting. Oh wow. Was 14 okay. and so by the time top 14 rolled around we were saying like really nice like they put us up in really nice apartments that were like super nice and everybody got roommates and all of that and then 14 to like. We shaved off a pretty good number. It was like 14, then it was like three eliminated, two eliminated, three eliminated winner. It was like really quick. I remember they told me on American Idol, it used to be like 10 weeks and they would just eliminate one each week. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, way back in the day. Right. They would just eliminate one. But mine, it was like three, two, three winner. It was like super quick. Um, But yeah, that's where I met my now husband on there. I want to get to that, but I still have more questions about the actual just the show because it interests me. Um, Can you have your phone when you're like not performing? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, they were super, I'm not joking. They were super like cool. Super cool. Like literally some of the producers came to my wedding. Really? Yes, because they were that cool. <laughs> what about um, like what? How early do they get you up to start going and and working? Very early, like like five a.m., six a.m. almost every single day. That's something that you know I didn't know going into American Idol. Yeah. I don't think other people know is there's a lot of hard work put into that. Because I remember when I'd watch it when I was younger, I'd be like, oh. It's a TV. You just go up there and sing. I could do that. I've been doing that for six years. Yeah. It's it's easy. 
No. <laughs> I went on, you have to be prepared to work really, really hard and understand, you know, how much it takes and be and want it that bad to where when it gets difficult, you got to push through it and not give up with it because it was grueling. You were just tired. We had to practice a bunch. We had to do stylings and fittings and figure out what we were wearing. We had to do all kinds of things. So, um, you know, I understand that's a part of the show, but I'm just warning for anybody that is going to go on, be prepared. <laughs> like, just really quickly, kind of go through like a typical day. They wake you up at 5.30. Yeah. Your call time's 5.30. Then... Call time's 5.30, and we'd always have somebody that was late, so we'd push back. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd push back. Somebody ended up like, so we'd come down. We all uh, meet in this van uh, that the runner would take us in. We'd go start, over. We'd go to the um, studio and um, we'd go upstairs. We were in the third level. We'd go to the third level and it was like our basically green room. And we'd sit in there and th- the producers would just go over with us what we were doing for the day. So we're going to film some content stuff or whatever and we're going to have everybody come up here. Okay, so while we're filming content I need this one to go down the styling hall to, to figure out what they're going to wear for this Sunday's show. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go down there. Okay, while this one's getting ready, I need you to do this. I need you to do this, 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 this. So it was just all day, all night, doing stuff. We'd get in late, go to bed, wake up, do it again. Did you get sick? You know what? I did get sick one time on American Idol. Um, I don't get sick very often. Actually, that's funny because I'm actually sick right now. Sorry. But uh, it's okay. But um, yes, I did get sick, and it was during the top five round, and I had to sing, yeah. And we had a doctor come in. And right the day of the show, he he pulled me in the back of a tent and was like, uh, I can give you some drop things that have to go down your throat. And yeah, yeah, it's like a steroid that I can give to you because you're still sick. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was on the day of for the competition. And my in-ears broke. My personal in-ears broke. So I had to use generic in-ears that don't fit in my ear the best. So I was challenging a lot that day. I sang a Whitney Houston song, and I believe... It was year year of birth song, maybe that day. I might be wrong, but I know that I sang a Whitney Houston song that day. So I was like, "Oh boy, chloroseptic spray all in the back." Yeah, you got third place. Did you think you were going to win? Um, I I think there was absolutely a thought of when you're getting close down to that seven five. I mean, you're like, "Oh my gosh, I actually might win this thing," yeah. and um, you know, I was hopeful for it, but. Everybody got so close, genuinely. And mm-hmm. so when you get to a certain number, it's like you really want to see, you're, well, you're really okay if the other people win it. And so that was what it was like for us, like with Maddie and Caleb and me and Kate and Michael. It was like we literally just loved each other because we had built this bond from over spending five months together in a row. So, um, you know, I was okay with our place, and it's a huge blessing. I just want to know, like, I, I'll be honest. When I was on The Bachelorette, I would sit there and I'd think to myself or to to my friends, be like, okay, that guy's not going to last very much longer because he's so boring and he keeps on cussing and he's annoying <laughs> the producers. And that person's not going to last because right. they haven't even t- talked to JoJo. And I would go through my, my mind and be like, this is how I'm going to get through this part and this part and this part. And mm-hmm. I would, like, in my mind, figure out how I'm going to keep on going. Sure. Did you guys do that? I mean, I think you kind of think about it in your head and you have to be strategic about what you're going to do. That's something that I did and a lot of people ask, like, what did you do to make it through? Like, uh, when they are curious about what to do, like, I'm going to go try out for American Idol. Do you have any advice on what to do? I was the girl that literally sat in the corner in the practicing rooms with my headphones on, did not talk to anybody and just stayed extremely 
focused. People yeah. sometimes get too caught up in becoming friends and like yeah. friend groups and going out at night. And then you wonder why you get cut the next week. And it's, yeah. it's like, you got to focus on what you're doing. You came here to win, not create friends. I mean, it sounds a little harsh, but no. you really did. And you really have to stay focused. And so that's what I did. Gabby's not here to make friends, man. She's <laughs> win that thing. Right. Uh, I think one of the kind of the most iconic moments, uh, of the season, uh, pertaining to you is when you did stay with Jennifer Nettles. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and that was that, I think the moment where I, a lot of people were like, whoa, all right. Mm-hmm. She just kept up with one of the greats. At that moment, like when you walk off stage, what's going through your brain? I was, I think it just, it pumps me up. It, it fuels me even more for the next round. It was just, it was really, just really important to focus on getting through the next round and the next round and the next round because, like I said before, you the ultimate goal for me was like, I'm trying to win this thing. So, of course, it was an absolute honor to sing on the stage with Jennifer Nettles. She's one of the most amazing wo- women, female um, uh, country singers live. Yeah. I mean, everything about her voice is amazing. And so... Um, to be able to sing up there with her and, you know, get get that compliment from Luke Bryan was was pretty darn cool. You might not have been there to make friends, but you, I guess, were there to make uh, a husband. Because... Yeah. So yeah. T- tell me that whole See, story. okay, so American Idol was like Bachelor and yeah. American Idol in one. I know, but your show is apparently successful <laughs> because you actually no. got married. <laughs> yes, he was. I, I got very blessed. He's, uh, yeah, he made the top five. And so we actually, so how we met on the show was because around top 24, I believe, uh, yeah, sort of top 24, in between top 40 and top 24, I had saw him and thought he was like super cool. So his description for anybody that doesn't know who he is, his name's Cade and he has like super curly, long, dark Dark brown hair that comes to his shoulders. He looks like he's from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, the button-down shirts, the skinny jeans, and the desert boots. Like, that's him. And he was a rock dude. And so he did, he'd like 70s rock and roll. And um, so I had saw him, and I was like, you know, it would be really cool to make some type of video with him. Whether he's playing the guitar, and I'm singing, we're singing together, whatever it is. He's rock, I'm country. I had, like, all white hair at the at the time, and it was like, let's do a video. So I had said something to him and said... I, like, I didn't even know him. I was like, hey, do you, would you be, like, open to, you know, filming a video or something? Sometimes he was like, yeah. He was came across very shy at first, like, very non-talkative. And uh, we ended up making a video um, together that I actually posted on my Instagram. And uh, I thought he was zero interested in me because really? I went into the room. Yes, I thought he was cute, of course. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's see. Let's just see what goes on at this video filming so we go into the room and he was very 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 quiet like no interest like whatsoever at least i was picking that up and he tells me now that's because when he likes a girl he like shuts down i don't know if you know guys like that i don't know but he like shuts down when he likes a girl and gets quiet and so um yeah i didn't think he liked me and so i left and i was like that kind of stinks because I really thought he was oh. cute. And so I left. But the next day he texts me and says, hey, like, if you ever want to, like, hang out again, just, like, let me know if you want to hang out tomorrow. And I was like, oh, he likes me. <laughs> gotcha. I was like, he likes me. I was at Universal Studios when he texted me that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> and so we hung out again, and then he asked me to go to eat with him and his friends, and then it just it just kind of spiraled from there. What did your dad think of him? Um, he he liked him, yeah. which was a good thing. Less um, past tense, you still uh, like? <laughs> that was uh, I don't know, but no, but um, yeah, no, he he likes him. And um and then you guys you got married. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. What was more nerve wracking? Performing in front of the judges or walking down the aisle? Uh performing in front of the judges yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've just so I've just been so set on him and like everything around it. I was never interested in like since a young age I've never been interested in like partying or or living out and doing whatever I've just always wanted. I always loved that like motherly figure and like wife figure and, um, and he just fit perfectly in that. And so I'm, I'm confident he's the one that the Lord made for me and it just, we fit perfectly together. So I'm really blessed to have somebody like him, especially he does music too. So I'm really fortunate to have somebody that understands and supports the side of music because he gets it. So do you want to have eight kids? Not eight, no. uh, not, you know, eight's a little, I don't know, but, um, I would like three. That's my game plan in the All future. Right. So, um, okay. We're running out of time, but I do want to do kind of some rapid fire questions to Kay. you. Okay. Yeah. You ready? I'm a little scared, but yeah. Uh, first kiss. First kiss was in eighth grade. I think eighth grade. Do you remember his name? Yes. Okay. I don't want to say it. <laughs> uh, first concert you ever went to. Um, One Direction. Wow. 1D fan right here. Yeah. Harry Styles. Yes. Uh, what was your first job? First job was well, singing. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first job. The biggest fight you had with your parents? Biggest fight? Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe over... Oh, I can't say that answer. Okay. Uh, I just retracted myself. It was about Christmas. Um, Biggest fight I've had with my parents, dude. <laughs> Probably wanting to wanting them to buy me something. I think an expensive microphone. I really, really wanted, and we got into an argument over that <laughs> for singing, and it wasn't great. What's the weirdest habit you have? Weirdest habit? Yeah. Oh darn. Um. Well, let me think of it. What's your weirdest habit? Um. I. I have a dog, and I um, do Instagram videos with him, and I have created a voice for him. And uh, so, like, I'll have conversations with my dog, and it's the dumbest thing in the world. Wow. That's great. (laughs) Okay. Um, Did you say the weirdest thing? Yeah. What is it? The weirdest thing I do? Yeah. Well, I cannot have my natural nails long. Mm. I can't. It is that's more of like a pet peeve, I guess. But anytime I have to have a pair of clippers on me, and I will literally clip them in the studio right now. Wow. <laughs> they're too long, but they're not too long, so we're okay. Last one. Who okay. are you really? Who am I really? Yeah. Gabby Barrett. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah, Gabby Barrett. That's it. It's been so nice uh, hanging out with you today. And Thanks. Learning your story. Um, it. It's it's insane. Like I think that's why I like this show. Like, who at nine does what you did? And then who at 11 does what you did? And and it makes sense. It's people who are going to be famous singers, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's been really interesting and, and really wonderful hearing your story. So thank you for coming in. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what, are we, um, what are we working on right now? What do people need to know about? What we're working on right now, well... 
I am uh, still on radio tour with my uh, newest single out. It's called I Hope. And uh, so we're working on that. And it's already went number one on a few stations, Sirius XM, Radio Disney Country. So we're working on that. And I'm getting ready to go on a, another tour mm-hmm. with um, Chris Line from uh, Halloween. It starts through December. And then we just got some really cool stuff coming up next year. I'll be opening for uh, Kane Brown at the Staples Center wow. January 9th. And then I'll be doing Stagecoach next year. Just a lot of cool stuff coming out. So y'all got to keep your eyes peeled. You got to come out to a show. Yeah. Bring Sarah. I'll bring Sarah. <laughs> okay. I'm not allowed to go to Stagecoach, though. Everyone Uh-oh. from Bachelor World. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Band run that place. Darn. <laughs> Actually, maybe not. They're probably like, yes, everyone come. I know, right? I got so much love on the Paradise this year. Um, <laughs> real quick, uh, where can people find out more about you? Find out more on my socials, which is Gabby Barrett. My name is spelled G-A-V-B-Y, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. It's Barrett, not Barnett or Barrett or anything like that. Sometimes people get that confused. But all of my accounts are verified. I live one account on each social social media, so anything else is not me. But check that out. I also have a website. GabbyBarrett.com has all the tour dates and stuff and where I'll be. So check it out. Gabby Barrett, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Wells. I appreciate it. Wonderful to meet you. And um, you you live in Nashville, right? Now I do, yeah. All right. Next time I'm back in uh, my old old stomping grounds, we got to do this again, okay? Cool. Yeah, sounds good. See ya. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.